start with Mark and then Paula and then Kelly. So take it away, Mark. Go, Mark. Okay, so. Um, so I went to Jacksonville, Florida with uh, a young man. His name is Wade Aaron. He um, was a, a ministry. Um, I don't remember exactly the name of his ministry, but part of the ministry he does what he calls by faith trips. And so he takes two to three people with him, and, um, and they go to another city and they have no plans you're not allowed to if you knew people in that city you're not allowed to contact them you're not allowed to make any uh, reservations no plans nothing um and so i had heard him over i had overheard him speaking to a friend of mine um at like a prayer set at upper room like over a year ago i didn't know who he was but he was talking to my friend and describing this, this trip he had just come back from. And I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. I was like, how does someone get to like get included on that? He was like, oh, my name's Wade. Give me your number and I'll send you information for next year and tell me if you can make it. And so, um, so how the whole process begins is, hey, this is the date, can you make it? And so we decided, um, so the people that were included, it's myself and one other person. And then at that point, you pray for the city. And so what city in the United States is the Lord calling us to? And I said, oh, no, no, I'm not praying for that. Like, no, like I'm absolutely completely following. This is, I am not even going to pray for the city. I said, you guys decide. I, I just want to like, just, just follow. I don't want to be in charge or lead it any, any particular way. And so, um, so they landed on Jacksonville, Florida. And the weekend that they landed on, I could actually go. And I literally had every weekend booked in October except for that one. So I was like, yes, thank you, God. This is so fun. So, um, and they give us questions. So each person had different questions to ask the Lord before you went. And so, um, so I wanted to read you the questions. So I, I wrote that down. Well, I had it written, but I put it here. So I didn't know what the questions were for. When he said, just these, these are your questions to pray for, uh, for the trip. So what is a neighboring city that we should go to? What color should we be looking for? What specific type of restaurant should we be looking for? And it says, look at restaurants in the town online. What type of church should we be looking for? Is there a church that we should go to? And what is an exact address that we should look for? And what type of store should we go to? And that, those are my questions. And so... Um, on day one, it was a Friday morning, so we flew out there first thing really early on, on Friday. We got a rental car. Um, I told my wife, hey, I'm going to treat this like a mission trip. Like, I'm have my phone off. You can't really, and I'm not really going to be using my phone. And so, um, and the Wade, who was um, leading it, one of the questions he had, the Lord said a doctor. And so we're at the airport, got the rental car. And like, okay, so this is how we're gonna begin. We're gonna pray right now and like, where do we need to go? And so I'm like, and of course myself and another guy named Josh, um, he was, he was um, we were both the next three little like, we have no idea what we're in for, but we're excited. I'm like, okay, let's pray. So they decide, uh, so they heard, go see, uh, go to a hospital. 
So we went to, so we found, they mapped and found a hospital called Children's or something Children's. So we walk in, so we're walking through the parking lot. We walk into the, to the hospital and I kind of have sometimes a homeless look about me. <laughs> Josh had a little bit of a homeless look about him. Uh, his clothes didn't match. And then Wade, if you, um, Wade looks like the, the guy on the brawny, um, Oh, yeah. Uh, paper towels. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. And he has his red hair and a really thick red beard that, that hasn't been shaved in forever. And it's uneven. And um, we just kind of look like, and he walks kind of like a, maybe a, a lineman. Yeah. Like a lumberjack. He's like, we're walking in into this hospital and we're wandering through hallways. Oh, there's a, a dead end. So we walk back and I'll, and I'll, and I, and I have to confess, I was, I was getting very self-conscious, like, okay, I'm sure they have security cameras, people are watching us, we're, you know, where are we going, we're just, we're just wandering through, and, and Wade's like, are you a doctor, like, if you see someone in scrubs, like, no, are you a doctor, no, one time we got lost, and, are you a doctor, no, do you need a doctor, we can get you one, I'm like, no, we'll be fine, and we turned around, like, oh, we are totally gonna get arrested or something. <laughs> well, I was being, bo- I was bothered by what was going on, like my, what I was thinking. Um, and I finally just said to the Lord, like, what is, like, what's going on? Like, I'm, I'm, um, I keep thinking about me. And he said, yeah, you are. I was like, oh, I'm glad I brought, I'm glad I'm asking you. <laughs> I was like, what do, what, do, what do you want us to be doing here? Like. I'm kind of following but I started getting self-conscious and he said um, he said I'll tell you who to pray for so part of the trip is you go and you look for the person that the Lord said and and you ask them if you can pray for them so that's the, the the primary gift you're giving them is prayer unless the Lord says mm, maybe I need to pray for healing or whatever if there's another word that he gives you and so um, so the Lord said I'll tell you who to pray for I was like oh okay I feel so much better and like all this tension yeah. pressure kind of just left me and so we're walking around and we went up to some floor and we're walking across and we walk uh, so I was the third person so it was Wade Josh and myself and we're just single file walking yeah we didn't belong there but it was interesting like like we didn't we didn't fit with all the people people looked like they knew where they were going and we were wandering right there's a definite in a you walk differently, hospital. right? Right. I know. <laughs> yeah. Almost got it. So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, like a sweatshirt on, and yeah. So um, so I'm following, and we're walking in to the left. There's like a waiting room, and while we're walking, I heard that guy right there. That like, and I see a guy, and he's like that guy, and I keep walking. He's like that guy right there. Like pray for that guy right there, and I'm still walking, and as I get closer to him, inside my head, I'm going. <laughs> I'm like, Screaming inside my head, like, oh, I'm totally choking. I'm choking, Lord. I can't believe I'm choking. And I just walk. We just walk right past that guy. And and um, I was like, oh my gosh, God, I can't believe I'm totally whiffing on this. I'm like, I'm just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then I started hearing, I started hearing, go back, go back, go back, just go back, just go back. And we're still walking. I'm like, I'm chickening out. I can't believe I'm chickening out. This is why I've come. So we walk to the end of the hallway. We turn around. It was a dead end. And so we turn around. And as we walk back, Wade saw someone. And he asked if he could speak to this guy. And so 
this guy's name is Dana. His wife's name is Diana. He's waiting for her. She's in like uh, like a outpatient surgery, and asked if we could pray for them. So we prayed for them, and then he had a shoulder uh, issue, and so and he was a biker, and he kind of looked like a biker. And he asked me if I was a biker. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's how rough I looked that day. I was like, okay, no, I'm not. But I have been in motorcycle accident. So he had it. <laughs> and so, so I prayed for healing for his shoulder. Just stood up and like, hey, mind if I, we're going to pray the way they prayed in the Bible. He was like, okay, cool. That'd be interesting. I was like, be healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I was like, it's not special. It's just be healed. And so, um, and then this lady was listening and another guy was listening. So you could just start to see the people in the room. So we get up, we finish, we pray for a couple of people. We get up, we start walking by and there's that guy again. But now he's like getting back to me. He's like, there he is. There he is right there, right there, right there. And we just kept going. I was like, I'm so joking, God. I'm so joking. Walked around, prayed for a couple other people. We're out front praying for someone, waited, heard go out front. So we went out front. Saw a guy in a wheelchair, we prayed for him. Um, while, right when we were finishing praying for him, all of a sudden Wade goes, Josh! So each one of us had different questions. And one of the people that Josh had envisioned was a woman, a woman walking into a building with a bouquet of flowers. So Wade says, Josh. Josh looks over and he's like, <gasps> and then I hear him and I'm like, nice to meet you, Gary. God bless you. You know, this guy's in a wheelchair spending time with him we're like look there's the lady so josh takes off and i kind of started running with him and then i thought oh this is probably not wise like this lady's people are running at her <laughs> walking into a children's hospital because we had walked out front and um so i backed up he talked to her he was still like you're you are the person i saw like and to explain to her we're from dallas the lord sends to jacksonville we're praying for people we just got here this morning on a plane we have no idea we're just following and you were the person that one of the people then he shows her his phone like this is the description this is you and she's like he's like can i pray for you and that was super fun it was really fun to like watch that and that lady's eyes and she was bringing flowers because her um daughter-in-law i guess had a baby or something and so 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 we did a little bit of that and then um wade's like okay i feel like we're good here haven't found a doctor yet but does anybody else have something to do and i was like actually i do you know, and it's like, what's up? It's like, I'm like embarrassed to tell you, but I totally copped out. The Lord like pointed someone out to me and I just choked and I know it's on here. So I need to go back. I want to go back. And they're like, okay, cool. All right, we'll follow you now. So we're going to walk it up to the, to that area that like up this waiting area. And that guy's leaving. Like I see him walking out. And I was like, there he is guys. He's right there. He's walking out. They're like, Okay, and so they kind of backed away from me, like, go for it, you're on your own. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, I, uh, so I walked up to this guy, and he was with, I don't know, a, a, either a spouse or a, a female, and I just said, um, okay, excuse me, uh, please, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, so I already walked by you a while ago, and I'm here, we're here to pray for you, the Lord sent us here, this is what we're doing, and I'll be honest with you, I totally chickened out. I was like, I don't know you, but the Lord has told me to come back and pray for you. And so, can I pray for you? He's like, absolutely. Is there something specific I can pray for you? He said, well, yeah, I'll pray for, you can pray for healing. Uh, I've had 19 surgeries, or 17, something huge. And I'm going in to check in to see if I have another one. He said, I would love for you to pray for me. And he's like, thank you for coming back. And I was like, okay, you're welcome. <laughs> I was like, so... 
uh, prayed over him, laid hands on his back, and, um, and he was like super grateful. And um, so that was it. So we were leaving. So then we're leaving. And while we're leaving, Josh, I mean, not Josh, but wait, anytime I saw someone in scrubs, he's like, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? He's just like, and he speaks like this. Oh, uh, you a doctor? Like you, you're a doctor. I mean, sounds like the gruffest of Billy Goat dudes, you know? And so, um, so anyway, so we're walking. And this lady, um, she was walking near us. And he turns around and said, are you a doctor? And she said, no. And I thought, you know what? We're praying for people. She's like, where are you from? And then we start talking. And, and he's like, uh, is there something we could pray for? And she said, yes. Yeah. She's a NICU nurse in the, oh the stuff with like dialysis. I don't know what that is. But, um, and she said, actually, yeah, um, pray for the children. So we stopped. We prayed for the children. And the Lord said, I want you to pray for her. Like, ask her what she needs. And I was like. And so we had already, we didn't just pray for her. I was walking around like, so the Lord just asked me to pray for you. Like, is there something for you I can pray for? She looked at me and she's like, actually, yeah, there is. It's very stressful. It's just a stress. I'm like, great. Can I pray for peace for you? She said, sure. And, um, and then she says, can I hold your hand? I was like, cause I'm a little, I'm very, you know, I keep the distance, especially when I pray for female folks, just to be honoring and careful. And she wanted to hold my hand. I was like, sure. Yeah, I'm fine I'm, I'm with that. She had like the warmest hands, like ever. Like they were like, I was like, wow, Lord, these are like crazy. It's like they just came out of the oven kind of a thing. Like it's not normal. And um, so I prayed for her. And as, then after that was over, walked outside. Um, and when we walked outside, I was like, I have to sit down. And... Um, and they're like, okay. So we sat down like a wall. And, and in that moment, after I sat down, I was just overcome with um, laughter. Um, uh, it was like a manifestation of, of the only time I've ever had what happened. I was laughing and crying at the same time for about 10 minutes, sitting there. And the other two guys are with me. I mean, I, I knew they were next to me, but I really wasn't paying attention to them. But that's what happened when I first got filled with the Spirit in January 30th, 2009, is that I was overcome with laughter and crying at the exact same time. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't really do it because it wasn't me. You know, it was just, yeah. and I was just undone, and it lasted a really long time. So long. So when I was finally finished, um, I was calm, and it was just awesome, y'all. Such a sweet and beautiful experience and I talk and walk with the Lord every day but that was different and I have I had not had that since January 30, 2009 it was so amazing and wonderful and after I was done I was like I think I'm ready to go now they're like yeah you are they were like they were basically excited for me so that was the very beginning of that trip and it was a wonderful trip of each like where do we go now and where next? And where next? And so, um, uh, so that was like the beginning of day one. Um, I have a little more time. Do I have more time? 15, 20 minutes. Okay. How long? How I didn't start a time. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, it's seven after. So, so, uh, so, yeah. so it was pretty awesome. Um, we went to, uh, on, on Wade's list, we had the Marriott. So we drove to a Marriott. Um, and we walked in and talking to the front desk lady. Uh, and again, we don't look like we belong really. And 
She's like, can I help you? She had her like business hat on, and we're like, uh, no, we're all right. She's like, are you a guest or something? You're very business. And Wade just looked at her and he was like, actually, we're here to pray for people. So as we find the people we're here to pray for, then we'll be gone. And she said, excuse me? And he said, can I pray for you? And she said, would you like prayer? And it just, all of a sudden it just shifted and she's like, actually, I would love prayer. And he said, awesome, what's your name? She said, my name's Erica. And he goes, that's my sister's name. He said, what can I pray for you? And next thing you know, she's telling us all this stuff and that she needs prayer and we're standing there and all these people that work there were all around her. She completely ignored them, was like mm -hmm. straight on. And, all the, and then guests started walking up. She just completely ignored them. Too. It was super cool. So, um, prayed for her, walked around the corner, walked to another section. Apparently, the hotel was connected to this big office building. We walk over there, and I see this guy, and his name is Ladrell. And he says, and I said, I said, We're just, is this connected? He said, well, yeah, but this is the office building. And he's like sitting at like the security desk kind of a thing. And I said, um, can we pray for you? We're, we're here from Texas, and we're just praying for people. And he said, absolutely. He said, awesome. So, I pray over him. And, and when it was done, he's crying. And he's this big, huge, big black guy. And he's just weeping. And I'm like, I hope you have a blessed day. He's like, he's, what you just prayed is exactly what I asked the Lord for this morning in my quiet time. <laughs> and then I started crying. I was like, what? He's like, everything that you just spent is what I asked God for this morning. Am I like, I'm like asking God, I'm like, oh my God, who are y'all? What, what is this? What are y'all doing? And I'm like, we're just following God. And we're trying to pray for people. And then you're here. So we don't know you're here. And he's like, this is great. Praise the Lord. And we're like, okay, see you later. And we're like walking out. And, and then, so I had prayed that time. And Josh was next to me. He's like, oh my God. This is so much fun. I was like, it is, isn't it? <laughs> so it was like a fun, so that was like, it was fun. So that day was amazing. We ended up staying at a Marriott that night. And so um, through someone in points or something else, but it wasn't, we didn't, and you look for a person of peace to stay with. So they literally ask people, who stay with you? Like, like it's super bold. Like if the Lord tells you, well, shows you someone. And so, um, so one of my colors was uh, blue, and so on Saturday, uh, the next day, I won't go through all the different things, because every day, and the whole day was like these amazing moments. And so at one point, and Jacksonville is, is inland a little bit, maybe 20, 30 minutes from the beach, and we weren't going to go to the beach, but then the Lord uh, told Wade, like, I want you to go to the beach. And so we were gonna walk across on the beach. And we didn't know why we said beach, but we like, he heard it and we're like, okay. So we get there and we're parking. And as we get closer to the beach, I mean, every street was just inundated with people walking towards the beach. I mean, like, every, like you had to think to yourself, something's going on at the beach. We didn't know what it was. We're like, okay, this is why we're here. So we park, we're getting out. And I'm, and I'm, I wave to the people who are in front of their house and, um, and next thing you know, they come and get some lawn chairs and they stick them out front. Like, and then they sit. And they look up. Like, is there something going on today? 
they're like, well, yeah. Like, we were joking, like, like you know, hey. We're, they're like, what's going on? They're like, well, the air show. I'm like, really? I'm like, we're not from here. We're, we're just, we're, we're from Texas, and we were sitting here, so we're going to, you know, we're building across, and just, I was like, what, what's the air show? And they say, the Blue Angels. And I start bawling. I just start crying. Of course, my my friends are like, yeah, blue. That was your color. The Lord told you blue. Yeah. I said, yeah, but it's more than that. And so, um, so I had a really great childhood. And a lot of tough things happened when I was a kid. My dad was military. And one of the things that happened in his life that I found out later is that he always wanted to be a blue angel. And he was selected for the blue angels. But, um, but when he found out they travel like eight to nine months out of the year and he had four sons at that time, he chose, he declined it. And so now I didn't learn that until many years later, but as a kid, we would always go see blue angels, uh, shows. And my father was a pilot in the Marine Corps. And so we all, I saw blue. And so there were some of my favorite childhood memories were going to the air shows for the blue angels. And so when they said blue angels, I was like, it was like, like joyful memory, like great memory from being a kid and it was fun when I was a kid and we all ran around and my father was usually either a, a executive officer of the base or he was a command officer of base at one point and so we had a lot of free reign when your father was in those roles and so it was just fun you know and running around and and I it was just a great memory like God just gave this like crazy cool gift in this moment of the good stuff does that make sense? And he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like that was, and my friends were like, dude, it's like blue. Like, are you crying? And like, it's bigger than that, y'all. And they're like, okay, cool. Wow, sounds exciting for you. We're excited. So we, um, it was so much fun. So we build the cross and we're walking and Wade had told us, he said, Hey, what we're going to, what I'm going to do is uh, we'll take turns. But, um, if you're not, uh, if I say, if, uh, whoever's not carrying the cross, we want you to hang back about 10, 20 yards because I want you to hear the conversation that go on as, as you, so people don't see you and then you get to hear the conversations. And we're like, okay, cool. And one of the conversations that we heard, so anyways, we go out to the beach and right when we get to the beach, the blue angels go about, we're like, ah! like, like, like inside of my heart, I was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh, I was so excited. And so one of the conversations we overheard was a kid. Now, now when he, when Wade carries the cross, and the Lord has called him to carry the cross in 50, all 50 states. So he's on his way. I don't know how many he's done. But, um, so he's carrying it on the beach. And this little boy's like, what is that man doing? What is that man doing? Super cool. So the parents are like, well, we don't really believe this. <coughs> Here's why he's carrying a cross. The parents literally give the, the salvation story. Who is Jesus? He was believed that he was the son of God, that he came and, and he was, you know, like, you know, we do Christmas and so we're, so we start slowing down and we like look up at the planes and we're listening to the parents literally give the story of Jesus, the gospel to the boy. I mean, it was like, this is so awesome, but we don't believe that. But this is what it means. It was, it was like so epic, like, and that's the one thing that Wade had told us. He said, "Listen, 
it's, it's, I don't, we don't, there's not a bullhorn, there's nothing. I just walk quietly with the cross and it, it convicts, like it does things, it moves in people's lives and it either reminds them and then, and, and, and there was something that was also, there was a one time this man came out and um, probably in the seventies and he was just having a, a great time and telling him everything, oh my God, I'm so glad you're doing this. And that guy, his extra room in his house that he, we would have stayed in because he was, about, he was telling us about it. He said, my adult daughter's there with her kids and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Um, the Lord is telling me to, to take care of wherever y'all stay. So he went and got cash and gave us a few hundred bucks, whatever it was, for wherever we stayed that night. Like it was like, I mean, super cool stuff. So it was a fun experience. Um, and I'll tell you the last story and I'll make it quick. So the church that the Lord showed me to go to was, uh, was an AME church. Um, and it was, it was old, it was white, and had a big white steeple, and it had stained glass on it, and it was, um, had some steps leading up to the front of it, all the stuff. I saw this church when I, and I wrote it in my notes, what it looked like and everything. And I didn't know what an AME church was. And so, um, so on Sunday, no, on Saturday afternoon, after the, the beach and everything, they're like, okay, where are we supposed to go next? So we prayed, and we're like, I think we're supposed to go to that other town. They're like, I heard the same thing. So we go to Orange Park. We get to Orange Park. We park. We're like, okay, let's ask the Lord what you, where he wants us to go next. So we pray. And I heard we're supposed to find that church. Uh, Joshua, we're supposed to find that church. Like, okay, we'll find that church. Yeah. So I looked up AME Church in, um, in Orange Park. We, uh, we drove to it as we get closer to it. And they argued the description too. They're like, like, it's got a steeple. And I'm in the back. And so I couldn't see it. And they're like, it's white. And so we pull up close and like, is that it? And there were a bunch of people, but it's probably like 20 some of the people still in the parking lot. And Amy stands for African Methodist Episcopalian. So it's, it's predominantly African American churches. So, um, so they're like, is that it? Dude, is that it? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, oh, pull into the parking lot. See if we see stained glass, stained glass. I said, okay, we pull the parking lot. And we're like waving, you know, they're like, they're lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? It kind of has that moment, like, they don't know where they are. And we're like, hey, how you doing? And so, but we see, I see the stained glass window, like, this is it! And they're like, all right, we'll let you leave. I'm like, okay. So I get out, go to talk to everyone. I was like, hey, here's where we are. We're praying. We're praying. Can we pray for you? They're like, okay. And I said, this is the church. And I showed it to them, the description. And I had everything on the description, like everything. Steps in the front, like everything. Like, and the lady, one of the ladies, uh, I can't remember her name right now, but we're praying for her. Um, she, uh, Kimberly, she said, um, she said, you know what? I've lived here for a really long time. There's not any other church in the whole city of Orange Park that does, that fits this description. Wow. Like this is, this is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. We're like, awesome. So we prayed for, I laid hands on Kimberly, but also another lady for healing. Um, we prayed over them. They, we invited them how to like hear from the Lord because they hadn't like that was like really strange to so them like you guys are, God told you to do what and so we showed them questions and stuff and so um, so then we asked someone who wants to hear from the Lord and this little boy so there's some kids out there and this boy goes I want to hear from the Lord I want to know and so we came up and um, do you mind if we lay hands on you to receive the baptism of the Spirit he said absolutely and he looked at his mom's like and she said sure and so we prayed hands for him to, to receive the Holy Spirit. It was super fun, y'all. It was an amazing. Um, we and that happened all. We did all that all the way up into the airport, and talking to people, and we met people. We we're like, ask me to pray for them. Do you know Jesus? Can we talk about Jesus? 
And some people were like, I don't, but you know what? I think I need to. One guy's name's Omar. He was at a head shop or a vape shop, I guess I call him now. Um, so this kid, like, has you ever heard a story like this before? He's like, actually, yeah, three weeks ago, a lovely lady came in, said the exact same thing you said, did the exact same you did. Yeah, I have. Like, well, did you, did you believe? Are you, do, do you, are you, what do you think about Jesus? It's like, I think I'm going to start have to think about it more. And we're like, yeah, he's speaking, he's after you. And he's like, I think he is. I'm like, oh, Omar, love you, bless you, have a great day. And he's like, thank you very much. You know, and of course, they're selling all this pop paraphernalia and all the <laughs> stuff in the shop, but that was the shop we're supposed to go to. And it was super fun, y'all. And it was such a great time. And I'm so grateful I got to go and do it. And um, it was one of the best like trips, experiences of my life. And um, and so what we did with the whole 50s and everything, I was like, oh. I was like, it's near and dear to my heart. I was like, so grateful that y'all came up with that because that's a whole other story. But anyway, it was so much fun. And um, and I miss it. And I'm, I've tried to like live like that daily. I can't quite live like that daily. Um, because I have certain things, uh, have certain obligations and things I have to get done at certain times. But the whole concept of having everything's cleared and you have nothing, just what to do next and where to go. We did everything from what's the name of the food place and where do we go, what restaurant. And the dailiness of that was so much fun. And we kept meeting people that either knew and then some people wanted to hear it. And then other people like, it was so much fun. So, thank you. Uh, thank you. Oh, take us to Egypt. Take us to Egypt. I can't tell. Uh, okay, before I share about this last, the last couple of trips I took, which I'm going to combine them together because they were like almost back to back, uh, I want for those who don't have a context of what I do and why I minister in the Middle East, I want to give you some context. So I'm going to share with you the story of our part of the world, what God has been doing in the last few decades. Uh, because just a few years ago, it became very clear that there is a thread to the movement of God in, in the Arab nations. And it started back like in the 1980s or so, mm -hmm. when the Lord began to appear to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, first, uh, uh, individually, and then sometimes to a whole household. They'd be like sitting like us, having tea, and Jesus was just walking. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, um, and, and so it was, we had, when I was little, you know, we just hear like once every few years that Jesus did somebody. Like all of a sudden, Jesus was appearing more and more, and uh, what happened back then is that when the church realized what he's doing, is that we started praying, Lord Jesus, please appear to more people. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to take it upon yourself to go and visit, just do it more. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a very easy prayer to pray, and it was a very answered prayer. So as a result of the whole church praying that, it just became like the momentum of it was crazy. Uh, and uh, so this was happening. And around like the mid-90s, in the middle of all this happening, the Lord just plopped in our laps as Arab believers that could never pro go out on the street and proclaim the gospel, 
does he get arrested? So he plopped in our laps something called satellite TV. And it was the first time in all of our lifetimes that you could beam the message of Jesus over the airwaves and the government could not censor it. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I was growing up in Egypt, everything was censored, even our mail. When you got a piece of mail, it had a, it was open on the side because somebody read your mail, put it back in, and taped it, so that every citizen knew that the government had their eyes and claws on everything. So all of a sudden, we had satellite, and people were just getting you know uh, the message beamed right into their living room. You can say whatever you want, and um, so so this is happening. More and more people are hearing about Jesus. And then, in 2011, the Arab Spring happened, which is the revolutions that kind of toppled everything in our world. And uh, uh, they, as far as the political movement, the, the Arab Spring was a complete epic failure. As far as the kingdom of God, it was a special success. Because what it did in the psychology of the people is it made people unafraid. So if we can go out and picket and, and, and be in the square and say we want our president to go away. It, it, like, it shook in the minds of people the, the fact that you could not question authority. We could question authority for the first time. And so when people were applying this, and I'm talking about Muslim people especially, that I can question the authority above me, they began thinking, well, I can question the authority of what I was told about my faith for the first time. So that's 2011, people began to think like, you know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say this whole Islam business could be just a bunch of baloney. And, uh, and a, a lot of people began verbalizing that on the interwebs. You know, that became a very big thing in, in, at that time. Facebook, Facebook took off in Egypt way long before it was a thing even mm -hmm. in the US. So we were so hungry for free platforms to discuss everything politics, faith, everything. So um, so I, I feel like after the Arab Spring, everything changed because everybody was like, okay, you could tell me about Jesus. Or they would want to say, tell me about what you believe. And uh, so our ministry, uh, we, we started in 2003, and we're very heavy into evangelism and discipleship in the media space. And so Satellite TV was our first, you know, way to go and tell people about the Lord, and then social media, and uh, and we create a lot of content, you know, for different groups and, and, and deploy it. And uh, this year we are going to hit the one billion video view mark, wow. which is like, you know, between minimum one plus minute to the end of the video, people that sat and watched something about Jesus wow. Wow. one million times. So, um, so that, so every time when I come back and I tell you, oh, the trip was amazing, is because I see more and more of and uh, so, to kind of, uh, in addition to the media, we go out sometimes and we preach face to face with people that are remote, that maybe don't access so much media. So on this last couple of trips, I had the chance to go to Lebanon and to minister out in the, in the mountains in Lebanon in a place called Zahli on the Syrian border. Hallelujah. Very, very unstable What's part. What's it called? Zahli. Zahli on the up in the north uh, by, the, by the Syrian border. 
So, so we for years we're plowing the ground with the media, okay, putting out messages on the media. So we go to Zahli, and we decide to do this event for women. So this is a picture from Zahli, wow. and if you see, I'm in the corner down the bottom preaching, yeah. and I and, and <laughs> you can see the women in attendance and all of these veiled Muslim women. Mm -hmm. right? So we put out an invitation, and all the Muslim women showed up. Wow. Uh, okay, you're here. I'm going to go for it. Absolutely. You know, and I just preached the full message of the gospel, wow. and I said, um, if you want to accept Jesus as Lord, I want you to do something. And I, and I asked them to raise their hand. And I said, I'm not doing this to embarrass you, but you have to have a witness. Somebody has to witness that you made the step to know Jesus. And, and when I did about two-thirds of this auditorium, just raised wow. my Praise God. And uh, so it's, I, I feel like, I never, I don't think I would have had the boldness to stand in front of all these veiled women and say, Jesus is Lord, you know? Wow. And, and except for the momentum that God had built over time. So anyway, um, let's go to the next slide. I'll show you. Uh, we did it uh, the very next day. This was a very, This was the day the war broke out. Mm. Uh, uh, In just, October. Yeah. Mm. So, so we did this event in Beirut. There were there, there was a lot of Muslim women too in that audience and I did the invitation and people did raise their hand and I stayed and prayed for a lot of people. So if you go to the ne next slide. Oh, so this is the group. It's all girls that was ministering with me. Uh, and, uh, and the whole event is called, That's My Girl. Mm. God is saying to the women, you are my girl. Mm. So, okay, and then the next one, that's me preaching. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I preached, preached two stories, two nights in a row. One of the first one was the story of Hagar. The story of Hagar is very meaningful to them because, you know, the, the Muslim interpretation of what Hagar was about and what her life was is different from the Old Testament story by quite a bit. And the Old Testament story is a thousand times more profound because it has so many meanings. It was such a story of firsts in, in the Bible. And it, it just, so I told them, I'll tell you the real story of Hagar. This is really what happened to this girl and, and how she encountered God, how she gave you know, other a name of God. This is the yeah. God who sees me, and God sees you. And yeah. anyway, it was pretty okay. amazing. And uh, okay, the last slide. Okay, so anyway, after you see that beautiful veiled girl. So as, after we did the, I did the event. I said I'm going to stay here, and I will pray for each last one of you. I, I don't care how long it takes. If you need prayer, you just come up and. Um, and it happened to be kind of what happened to you, Mark. It's like they would come up, and I'm going, Lord, they're going to ask for something, but you have an agenda for this mm -hmm. prayer time, yeah. so tell me what to pray. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, she'd say, well, I need prayer for that, that, or would you please, uh, uh, um, they don't call it prayer. They just call it dua, call unto God on my behalf. Wow. And the Lord would wow, just, wow, 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 wow. Uh, he would just tell me pray for this talk about that. And of course, you know, people go, how did you know that this is a woman? It's like, I don't know anything, but he knows. <laughs> so anyway, it was, it was just really amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, 
people are so open. Mm -hmm. You are so open. And sometimes all they need is what you did. It's just show up and say, you know what? I'm here because God sent me here and I want to talk to you. I want to hear from you. I want to pray for you. And um, it's just, it's, it's a very... It's an amazing time of openness in, in the Middle East, and uh, I'm, I just, I'm so grateful. Um, so, uh, we also got to celebrate our 20th anniversary of ministry in the last few weeks. So, if you move on to the last picture. Yes. Uh, that was our celebration. Wow. This is our team. That's your team. They're just beautiful creative, uh, wonderful, loving people. They love Jesus. They love one another. And uh, just my prayer is that, you know, that the, the, the distance for them to grow and mature and have an understanding of things will be much shorter than our distance. Mm -hmm. That what we got as my generation, the older people in the group are able to impart well. Yeah. And uh, so it's a privilege to mentor a lot of the younger people in this group. And uh, and I, I think you know I think just great things are ahead for us. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, prayer request for us. Uh, it's a very odd request after all this uh, talk about you know evangelism and. one time we, we had the secret police come and you know haul our equipment away and stuff and it's very disturbing of course um, so the, the safest way for us over the years was to have different outposts inside churches so any church that had any office space we would go and rent the space and put some people there so we have over the city of Cairo which is one of the busiest cities in the world we have these different scattered outposts of these people <laughs> And uh, some people work from home and so on. We were able to do it wisely and stay, you know, without being threatened or hauled or in prison for, for, you know, all that time. Uh, the newest location is right in the heart of the city. And it's, it's the office space that was offered to us by an old Catholic church. And it's a Syrian Catholic. It's a very small community in Egypt. And, and I went to see, the office space is beautiful, we decorated it. I went to see the place and pray over the space, or pray over the church that was so gracious to rent out the space to us. And it was a weeknight, and I walked into the church. It's, a, it's like a big, it, the shape of it is a big giant dome. It's a lovely church on the inside. And I walked in, there was midweek mass, and there's two women in the mass, that's the, you know, the congregation. And I sat there and I thought, Lord, this is a dead church, obviously. It's a shell of a church. There's no people here. And you have a purpose for this place. And we're here, opposite. Yes. I mean, we yes. are like one very alive spot in the middle of this. And, and I said, Lord, what did, I mean, it breaks my heart that this place had a vision at one point. It had people. 
Yes. And so I spoke with the, uh, the attendant, the, the, the woman that cleans the church. She said, well, a lot of people left Egypt. So many people died. This, this is what's left of it. And uh, so y'all, I'm praying right now if we should buy that church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And not to own a church, but to be able to offer it a chance to... I mean, if we if we have the, I mean, I can schedule meetings every day. I mean, I, this I can. I stood in there. I said, I can see life here. I can yes. see youth, you know, wall to wall young people worshiping yes. God. I could just see a lot of things. I don't know if this is the Lord. Why I had this impression. I don't even know if they would ever offer the church to sell. I don't know anything except I have this impression. I'm being transparent with you. That right now I am just in a season of fasting and praying whether God would open the door for us mm -hmm. to, to purchase this. Maybe we give it to you, or maybe they, they, maybe maybe. Yeah. I just all I, I I want to see life in that. All the other churches that we offer are very alive, full of people, mm -hmm. except for that one. And um, well, so those promptings are the Lord. I was saying yeah. that for yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I want to ask you this girl in the blue. Yeah. Lisa. Mm -hmm. yeah. Lisa, what, what does she do? She is she does some work with our children, like children's programming. She is part of my girls' team. So when we okay, go out so to she the has an anointing on her. Mm -hmm. It's a door opening anointing. Mm -hmm. God has an anointing on her that will open doors for you. Like she has a door opening. And this girl right here, she has a fire anointing. Though the, the green skirt oh, yes. right there, yes. she has the fire of God on her, and it will melt things away that need to be, like, and we're healing, manifestation. She has a fire anointing on her. And this girl right here, this one right here, is she? This one. Right she's, uh, she's part of our follow-up team, I think. Yes. The one in the black top. She, God is touching her with the fresh anointing of the compassion. Oh. Her heart will beat like his heart beats for people. But there's. Awesome. Thank you. Can I share this? Yes, yes, that's okay. what I'm telling you. But I'm just saying, she's going to start coming to you and saying, I think we should something, something. And she's got an anointing to open the door. Okay. So listen and, and submit it to God. There's something there. Awesome. She is. She's one of the closest people to me because I've, I've kind of adopted her. And whenever I'm there, she just whenever I visit, she has to come and sit with me and just share her heart. Okay. Before you leave tonight, you need to give me their names. Okay. And what I said. Lisa, Nancy, and I'll get the name of the third girl. I yeah. can't remember, but I will get it. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, can we pray right now about the church? I was going to say, he, this guy right here in the blue suit, uh -huh. he's got, God's touching him with prophetic eyes. He's going to have prophetic eyes. He always has had it, but he second guesses himself. But there's coming an anointing of a fire on him where he'll have, he'll see what God is wanting. Like it's done. Amen. He'll see it fresh like it's done. Like it's done. Does anybody else have anything for these people? Uh, I'm sorry. I, this is the weirdest thing. I've never had to do this. I just feel like we're supposed to pray over that church because yes. I feel like it's supposed to be yours. Yes. 
Let's do that real quick. Father, we just lift that to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you that just recently, over the last year, you broke across my path. Story after story after story. Just this week, I heard of a church in Boston that needed a place to meet, and you gave them a facility just this week. You gave it to them. They didn't purchase it. You gave it to them. And Lord, it had the most precious thing in Boston. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Yes, that you Jesus. provide a way, yes, that you are the provision. And so, Father, we lift to you our yes, five limbs and two fishes. We lift all of those to you. And now we ask you, Lord, to bless it and multiply yes, Lord. the way it is in your heart. We agree as a family and yes, touch this thing. Yes, and say, bless thank this, Lord. Thank you. Bless it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father God, for the gift of this church. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Father. We agree. Father, we just look at the people that are in it right now. They yes. They would see the movement of God. Yes, Lord. Yeah. 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 Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you for Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. God, I just thank you that they are so willing and so ready and that they are on the right track. And that they are trashing with you. God, we thank you and praise you that you all show us. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we just pray in the name of wisdom that you enlighten Hala for each step. Yes, Lord. And that you show her the path before her. Yes, make and it you clear give her the words and the connections. Thank you, Lord. Lord. we lift up the connections, the connections you, for her. Thank you, Father. All the connections yes, you have. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just like you promised that I did at 52, we ask that you go before her. Yes, that's awesome. Kelly, take it away! Okay, I'll try to be quick. Um, I went to Brazil, um, deep in the Amazon with, the, with Gateway Global on a mission trip. We partnered with Overland Missions. Um, oh, have you heard of them? Mm-hmm. So they're a global ministry, and they are big on reaching the unreached and the neglected. And I didn't realize what the neglected were, but many times that's where evangelistic teams will go out to a, 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 a far remote place, but then they don't 
they're not able to follow back up. And so they're just left there. And so Overland is, they will go to the farthest of the farthest, the most remote places. So that's who we partnered with. Um, just to give a quick overview, this was probably the hardest trip I have ever done in my life. It's the hardest thing I've ever done, period, in my 46 years of life, physically and mentally, yet spiritually super powerful. Um, it, I was gone for 12 days, and the Amazon is in a historic drought, low. Um, so it's creating a lot of problems. It's extremely low. But I went from two plane rides to layovers with a van ride, a six to eight hour bus ride, 15 minute, you're slammed in, you're put in old taxi cars to a six hour speedboat ride to get to your houseboat. Then on your houseboat, you travel four to five hours to these remote villages. <laughs> Basically, we flew in, and I made a few pictures, from Manaus, Brazil, and we would have to travel all the way down to Mauez, um, and then we would go into with little tiny river boats all the way down to all of these remote villages. Wow. We were off the grid. So there's no GPS, there's nothing. So yeah, I'll pass these around. How many people are with you? So we had just a women's team. So there were 11 of us and um, 10, 11 women and they were all like, gate. they all work at Gateway except for three of us. Um, Where were you? Where'd you go to? We went all the way down to these little villages here. We started way up here in Brazil. It was probably high 90 degrees, mm -hmm. but felt like 105 every day, 98% humidity. Oh. We, um, we, we, we had 25 to 30 people on our houseboat. This was the houseboat that we stayed on. You had one level. It's probably maybe from this wall to that wall. And you have 35, probably 25 to 30 people all crammed down here with all your bags and hammocks. It's, oh. the heat was so oppressive. There was no airflow. It was stagnant. And we were lined up like sausages in there. Um, this is a picture of like our oh my goodness. hammocks, like just lined up like sardines in there. Um, so I wanted, oh I wanted to let you know, it was just, um, and you're just living on this, this boat. It's open. You're in the elements. There is no reprieve the whole time. Um, we were not able to take the houseboat as far as we wanted because it would get stuck. So because of the water, um, you have to find little channels in the Amazon for your boats to go. Um, so it would take normally one to two hours, um, we would have little speed boats to go into, it would take six hours wow. because we would get stuck and you would sit in the boat for baking under the heat with no wind, um, just hoping you could make it to the village. Wow. Um, so we partnered with Overland. This is Derek. He was kind of the head guy of Overland and he would... 
the men that were with us in our speedboats would have to get out into the Amazon and push through the mud to get our boats even to land. Um, Now, we partnered, Overland also partnered with Nechivos. They're a ministry. This is Pastor Marcos. This was his houseboat that we stayed on. They have made a relationship. He is a native Brazilian, and he is the one that is going into these remote villages because there's a chief there. Mm. Um, You have to get permission from the head leader in order to step onto their land. And so he is the one that actually lives there and is making connections. He has moved his ministry now there. So they have created a relationship. So this was his boat that we were staying on, and it was kind of his relationship that we were partnering with. It was the Brazilian version of Paul and Barnabas. (laughs) Pretty much, yes. This felt like the book of Acts continued. Um, So they would get into the Amazon. We were under their protection, so we were not allowed to get into the Amazon, but there are stingrays that Mm -hmm. would go. There's also these floating barnacles Mm -hmm. that if they touch you, it's like nettles. Mm Two of our men got covered in them mm-hmm. as they were pushing us through. Um, the big thing that came to my mind is when I was sitting in the boats, and you only have so much water on this boat because you're now remote. Mm-hmm. Our refrigerator was broken on the ship, mm-hmm. and so they brought in these um, styrofoam containers with ice, and I'm looking around at 30 people, and I'm like, how do you feed this many people for eight days in the remote part of the Amazon in this kind of heat and you only have so much water? Mm. I am telling you, I, I really believe because we ate well, God multiplied food yeah. supply on there. He multiplied mm. our water. Now, I could have been severely dehydrated, so we all were and had a lot of water, but somehow... It was relying on the Lord. But what kept coming through my mind as they would push through the waters, they wouldn't quit, is I would have thoughts, can we just quit now? Can we just stop this and turn around and go back to the houseboat and we'll hit the village later? And as I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, Lord, I would would quit on your people. Mm. And But I look at these missionaries, these two guys... Mm -hmm. That, would, that were, pu- that were yeah. pushing, they wouldn't quit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like literally sitting there thinking, we will stay, stay out here till midnight to reach these villages. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Lord, I felt so inadequate. So, and, and I'm like, I don't know if I love the people the way you love the people and, and how these missionaries do. And the Lord said, Kelly, he's like, you have it all wrong. He's like... It's not about, you're looking at yourself. Mm-hmm. He's like, this is, I want you to get a revelation of what I am willing to do mm. for those people out there that need what I have. It's not about you. And he said, that is the perseverance of the Lord, the endurance. Yeah. What the That's Lord me. is willing to go through for the one person mm-hmm for the people on the village that need the good news. And these guys, I I just never met 
people that were willing to lay down their life. And the verse that came to me over and over and over again was Revelation twelve eleven. They overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. They were willing to lay it down at all cost. So that was pretty, um, pretty powerful. Um, the second thing is what I thought was pretty cool. Oh, here's, here's a picture of basically um, we had to, one of the nights we had to wrap up our little hammocks. So they sent us out in little teams um, because we had little speed boats and you only can have so much weight on these boats. So we had to wrap up our hammocks and get a, one night over clothes and spend the night in a village. And we, this was the chief, and this is a typical, what their huts kind of look like. Everybody sleeps in hammocks there. It's so mm-hmm. hot. But we had to get his permission first. Um, and they're smaller people. They're very, they're small. But you can tell, because he's had a relationship with him and he has received the gospel, mm-hmm. he was very open. And very like, yes, please come. Please come to all my people's homes. Share Jesus with them. Um, And you could see a hope. And his place was very orderly. So that was kind of neat. That's the chief. Kelly, when you were communicating with the the people there, was an interpreter? Very good, yes. So we had had to go through two translations. Translators, because um, we had, they spoke Wakusesi, yeah. and it wasn't just Portuguese. So right. mm. we would speak English to the Portuguese, and then the Portuguese would translate to Wakusesi, and then he would go back and then back wow. to us. So it took a little bit of time to share, because you're going through now two translators, wow. um, because they don't, they don't speak that. Um, this was Grandma. They were, um, she was part of the village, and mm-hmm. they, basically, it's like when you connect face-to-face, it's really just human love. Yes. And they open up, and they crave, mm-hmm. when you make that connection mm-hmm. with them, like mother-to-mother, yeah. woman-to-woman, their life, it's just relative. It's the same. And they crave your touch. Mm-hmm. They crave words of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, they they crave that one-on-one, I see you. Yep. Wow. Very true. No matter how far I've traveled, Jesus has come for you mm-hmm. today, right now, to give you mm-hmm. this word. Yes. That was what's so powerful. Um, this is a typical house with the little kids in here. Um, they eat ants um, as yes so I have a video um, they are a I don't know they just kind of eat them like it almost seemed like cereal breakfast yeah. to them but they go get them off trees they're like this big and then they boil them and it tasted kind of like lemon and pepper um, so I tried one, and they're very open they cooked us fish that night it's all over an open fire, they had maybe one light bulb for electricity. Mm. Um, There's no, they don't have cell phones. 
They have wells and pumps. No refrigerators. They bathe in the Amazon. So we did that too. Bathed in the Amazon? Uh Uh-huh. You bathed in the Amazon. How many people are there? In the village? Uh There's probably maybe like 20 or 30. In each village? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Probably like that. There's a lot of young girls. Um, they kind of look older because it looks it's like a harsher lifestyle. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. out in the yeah. elements, yeah. Sure. but they're actually really young. And a lot of the the young girls would have a lot of babies, and they would just breastfeed right in front of you. But they were very um, receptive to hear. They were kind of fast. We actually went to two villages that had never had Americans step on their land before. So this was new for for Overland too. He had made the relationship. Mm -hmm. And so this was new for Overland to come into two of the communities that had never had Americans yet on their land because he had relationship and there was trust built. Mm -hmm. So when we came on, we asked some of the young ladies, "Um, do we look different to you? And they would be like, Yes, yes, you look different. And they said, you are very beautiful people. Very, so it's interesting how they perceived yeah, us yeah. and what we would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but they would just, they would kind of look at you. and But they were very open mm-hmm. to receive. And so then um, when we would go to the villages, it was very evangelistic because we were there for a short time. So we would preach the gospel and they would hear. And what was interesting with, we had two young leaders from Overland with us. The revelation of the finished work of the cross yeah. that they understood was powerful. They knew they were righteous. They knew we don't beg God for healing or anything like that. We enforce the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I looked at them and I'm like, you are 24 years old and you have a revelation of the finished work of the cross. And they're like, yes. And so when they go into these villages, they're giving them the pure good Mm. news of the gospel. They're putting Jesus's yoke. That's easy and light, not religious bondage on them. Like, Oh, now that you get saved, well, you better be good just in case God doesn't do something to you. It wasn't that. So I was pretty impressed with that. Um, one, uh, just two other highlights. One other highlight is, um, we would break up into thirds. So one time our team stayed back on the houseboat and there was a four mile hike through the jungle of the Amazon to get to this one community. Um, girl, I'm just telling you, we were just dripping with sweat. And again, I'm just like, okay, Holy Spirit, just breathe on me. Can do this literally and so you're walking <laughs> through and we went to this one house and the houses are just like you just you just kind of go up to them like yeah. and they're like may we may we come and talk to you and they're like oh yes yes come and talk and we have our translator with us and there was this um married couple with their kid and um we had a few of us females and our male leader and the the male leader was talking a lot to the husband. And apparently he was kind of, he found some addiction, which I don't know how they have, I don't know what they do for addiction because there's just not much there. Mm-hmm. But apparently off the river, if, if they have some kind of money, they're able to 
get a boat and go into the mainland mm. to get some supplies or work. But anyway, um, we found out that he was kind of abusive to his wife, mm. but he he wanted to get better. Who is this Jesus or whatever? Yeah. And so he was talking a lot, and the wife had her back turned. And so I just kind of was sitting there and we were kind of wrapping up and getting ready to go back to the next house. And I just turned to my American friend and I said, something's not right with the mom, with mama there. Something's going on. And and I said, do you sense that too? And my American friend said, no, I think they should just go get baptized together. And I'm like, I don't know, something's not right. And so I asked the male leader that was with us I said can you remove the husband can you go take him for a walk remove him from the situation so he did and we got we said mama come here and we sat her down and I knelt right down before her and just prompting of the Lord I said have you ever felt that Jesus has not answered your prayers why does my husband continue to do this to me why am I hurting and she just broke Mm. and she says I don't understand my husband still hits me Mm. Uh, he won't listen to me and they had a church in this village Mm -hmm. he won't go to church with me or anything and so we just started ministering to her that Jesus is working on his heart it's not your fault Mm. it's not your fault God hears you he sees you and then all of a sudden it's like this faith rose up in me and I said, if, if you could ask Jesus anything right now, what would you ask him? Mm-hmm. And she just said, if I could have anything, I would love for my husband to go to church with me mm-hmm. and to give his life to the Lord. Oh, wow. The one thing. And I just said, I said, in the name of Jesus, we agree with you right now. That will happen in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then we just embraced her. And because I don't ever want to leave on a hard note, you want to impart life and hope. And so um, we blessed her. A husband came back, and they went about cooking their hog thing over the fire. So that night, um, we were we were going to house to house. Um, I went back to go get snacks. I hiked back the four, and I said, "I'll bring you guys back food because they were going to do a night service there at the church." Big storm rolls through. I can't go back to give them the supplies, but they go ahead and have this church service, um, the team that was left behind. Um, Anyway, it was so cool. That night, the husband went to church with her Mm -hmm. and dedicated his life to the Lord. So really cool, quick manifestation of an answered prayer. Say something real quick. Yeah. One of the biggest keys, though, is working with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. not deciding to go do ministry, mm-hmm. but cooperating with Him yes. in ministry. Yes. Yeah. Because when you work with Him, when God, just like the fact that you have impression about this building, means the power available to give you the building is right there. Mm-hmm. When the Holy Spirit highlighted that woman, the power to deliver her mm-hmm. and her husband was there yeah. because he was there doing that. Yes. And you're working with him, not deciding to work for him, yeah. but working with him. So good. So good. Um, 
yeah, so that was really cool. And then um, the the last thing was um, is so there was a village near nearby. So this was a neglected village, and there was a well there that had been had been dug by an evangelical team eighteen years ago. Um, but they had just dug the well there, but had not been able to finish it. For 18 years, there was just a well there. And this is the man. So our team happened to come along because we were stopped at a different location because we couldn't go further down. And we came across him, and we happened to have the ability and the supplies within three days to bring the mechanism to pump the water out. And so we had a huge celebration for him and his village. He was kind of like the head guy on his land. What was so cool, what the Lord showed me is John 4, when Jesus meets the woman at the well, salvation message, the well of water will spring forth out of you. But in John 7, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and be rivers of living water. So a lot of times, many, sometimes there's Christians that have the salvation, but it just sits on the inside of them. Mm-hmm. But it's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to, with, to bring up mm-hmm. that living water. So it's not just for you, but for everyone. Yes. Yeah. So now this will supply fresh water to all his people um, in his village. So just super cool we got to be a part of that and see that. Um, And then here's a picture of me. We got to drink out of the well for the very first time, which I thought this was pretty cool. I didn't realize this, but rainwater goes down deep through the ground, Mm -hmm. and as it goes down, it filters Mm -hmm. and gets clean. Mm -hmm. And there's aqua things, whatever, underneath. You just dig, and it's just unlimited water coming up. That is life-giving to them, because the Amazon is dirty. Um, And these are just some beautiful... The sunsets there were just incredible. And these uh, that's us just kind of bathing in the Amazon. And you just kind of walk out back in the mud, and you just hope the mud dries off, and you just sleep in it. In your hammock. Um... Those are some of the boats. Yes, many times we would, every time we would get stuck trying to find the channel. I mean, you're just flipping up dirt. There's no motor? Um, on some of the ones that we had, there were people, there would be um, natives out there just fishing with their daughters. They eat a lot of fish. Oh. And they would come and see us stranded, and they would come and we would get into their boat and they would take us over to shore. Um, to get the weight out of our boat so our motorboat could start working again. Um, interesting, just a few thing, interesting things I noticed that the villages that had a predominant um, gospel message kind of preach, you could tell, I noticed their land had a lot of flowers. Um, there was a lot of fruit-bearing trees. And the people seemed... Oh, they were more open. They seemed very receptive. There was a different atmosphere versus some of the villages that had barely heard the message or didn't have a lot of 
know a lot about the Lord. Um, much more barren land, hmm. very reserved, very more kind of suspicious. Hmm. Not a lot of vegetation. It was a harsher atmosphere. Hmm. I found that very interesting. Those are just some of the things that I noticed where Jesus has been, where he hasn't. Mm. Very interesting. Um, I, oh, I told you about the ants. And then, um, oh, one other really cool thing is, is the importance of having this word written on your heart. Yeah. Because what was, was kind of fun for me um, is... Um, just because I've studied the word so much and God has written it on my heart because of communion with him, there are many times that our group, we would be ministering and they would have a word for somebody in the village, but they would be like, oh, where's that verse? Oh, I can't Google it. Kelly, where's that verse that says, may God shine upon their face and this? And I'm like, oh, that's number six. Or, hey, Kelly, what's that verse that talks about God casting out, you know, fear? Perfect love. Oh, first John four eighteen. So awesome. and you know, it's kinda like when God writes these on your heart, mm-hmm. you don't have to go to a phone. Mm-hmm. It's here. Mm-hmm. And and just and I have a kind of a more of a photographic memory where I know it is in the word. So it's like it's cool that you can go to these be instant in season and out of season mm-hmm. to allow the Lord to work yes. in and through you. And then the lastly, the really cool thing was this team that God selected together, um, the power of unity. It was all females. And I have been on ministry trips before where sometimes, I don't know if you guys have ever known this, there's maybe like a spiritual competition or there's weirdness kind of, or there was none of that. Just none of that. It was like we had two people that were just gifted worship singers. And I'm like, we need to, hey, can you just leave us in worship as we're walking to the next village? And I love how you sing in tongues in the spirit. It's so powerful to break atmospheres. And they would just go. Prophetic words would flow. Scriptures would flow as we're going from village to village. There was just no spiritual competition. And that was, it was so refreshing Refreshing, beautiful and powerful because when you're physically and mentally exhausted Mm. um and you're just like you just ministered to that last person and you're like i I just i don't have any for this one the next person i have a word Mm -hmm. and you're just like so grateful go sister go give it to her Mm -hmm. and it's just like the power of unity of the body and how he brought us together. I could not have done this trip without our team who he brought. It's so important. Um, it's, and it's the most beautiful thing when believers come together and there's no spiritual competition. It's just you are so grat- you're just in gratitude for and of each one's gifting. It's beautiful how it comes together. So, anyway, that was kind of our trip, and awesome. there were a couple times. To- there were many times when I said, "Am I literally going to perish out here?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> but oh, Me? yeah, we were just in our hammocks, and you know, you're trying to go to sleep, and all of a sudden, a storm, like literally, comes out of nowhere, and you're just like, they're like, 
everybody, hands on deck. Get your bags off the side and put them in the middle because you got water coming in. Um, just you're trying to put the tarps down, and then there's there's a boat out yonder who's like struggling doing SOS, and then we've got we're trying to help them come in, secure our rowboats on the side. It's the middle of the night. You're like. Am I literally in the book of Acts? Surely Jesus is out there walking on the water in this chaos. And you've got immigrants or whoever, indigenous people, climbing on your boat just to be rescued, to give them safety. And it's wow. just like, and then the all of the night? in the middle of the night, when after a long day, when you're trying to go to sleep, and then a storm arises, like intense. And then at two in the morning, it just, everything's calm. As if it never happened. And there was room for ever, how many people came on board? Oh gosh, we probably had like seven or eight of them. One was a pregnant lady. She was super shaken up. Um, I don't know what they were doing out there. They were probably trying to get to land, but everybody's getting stuck because the Amazon's so low. Um, but it's literally like, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like you cannot, I can't even begin to write a story like this. But just what these what these missionaries go through just gave me new eyes to see and such a gratitude to support them. Yeah. Um, and it's a selfless, selfless call. And it, is, yeah. it just makes me reflect on how good our God is and the distance, the lengths, the depths, the fatigue, anything he would go through to reach the one, mm-hmm. to reach us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So, anyway, it was, I don't, the Lord seems to take me on the most of these radical trips, but I'm glad I came back to be able to share with y'all. Karen asked if I'd do it again. In the moment, I don't know if I could have said I would, but if God calls you, there's an anointing and there's a grace. There is a grace grace and there's an an anointing. Because there's a lot of good things out there. Mm But I don't want to do those because then you're, yeah, you're in your flesh. It, it's too hard, and um, the Lord's like, you can't. He's like, I'm gonna. He's like, I want to take you guys to places that your flesh can't go. Mm-hmm. You have to do it by the Spirit of Christ. Mm-hmm. You won't make it if you're trying to do it in your flesh. And so, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I got a lot to learn, but um, it was quite, quite the experience. And how did so. Ryan and Caden hold up with you gone? Uh, they did great. Ryan was, he said it was a little hard for him because I, we can't talk. Yeah. We can't talk. Yeah. So it was like once I hit, um, in Brazil, I'm off, I'm off. Um, because I do like to be fully present when I'm there. Some of them were contacting when, when we were trying to get to the villages, but once we got to the villages, you can't do anything. You're stuck. But he was, um, but he knew, uh, but yeah, he did good, and so it's it's awesome to have a supportive partner too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he was very grateful I came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And many people are like, "You're gonna send your wife where?" And he's mm-hmm. like, "I don't know. She'll be fine. She'll <laughs> <laughs> be good." So did he tell you that um, Angela had that word for him that first night after you were gone? They came to the, the David and Tracy's yeah. kind of deal, and Angela had a word for him that 
don't be moved by the fact that she's gone. The safest place on the earth to be is the center of God's will, and she's in the center of His will. Oh so wow! And he, it was really it blessed him. That was that was super cool. Yeah, he said this was hard just for the fact that he he couldn't reach me. But I remember when I went to India, I was really, when I got there, I was very homesick and crying. And the Lord said, Kelly, I cannot move in you and through you as I want to if your heart's back there. Mm-hmm. I have to have you fully present here. Yeah. Wow. And when he said that to me, I was able to get through to Ryan. I said, Ryan... I have to release you. I can't be contacting you back and forth because it's tearing my heart. And he said, no problem. I got everything covered at home. And once I made that heart shift Mm -hmm. and could be fully present, it was quite powerful. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. but the thing I love about Overland is they're not just evangelistic to do the salvation messages. They also have the second part, which is called sector. Um, They like to follow up and do discipleship where they go every month if possible to meet with them to walk with them um the ups and downs and and who jesus is is and how it is Mm -hmm. to commune with him daily and how to believe believe him for big things so thank you for letting me share what about the mosquitoes oh one last thing that's interesting you said that i'm just curious Everybody on the team took malaria medicine, but I did not. Oh, wow. I did not. I did not want to take that because I was like Psalm 91, and I didn't want to put that in my body. And the Lord's like, well, you will have whatever you believe. I was the only one who did not get bug bites or have any itching. And the first night was sleeping with that bug net when you're just trapped and literally dripping there with sweat and overheating. I took that bug net off and I said, bring it. I don't care. I'm protected. (laughs) Psalm 91. And for the rest of the night, I didn't have the bug net on me. And I came back itch free. That's awesome. So it was kind of cool. Right? So... So yeah, so they weren't so cool. they weren't super bad, but I think it's more of the plants walking through things that people right. itched and the yeah. excessive heat and you're yeah. constantly moist. Yeah. Could you take yeah. a shower? We had any two, of the time. We had two showers on the boat, uh-huh. but you're with males and females <laughs> on the boat, and oh it's the dirty, the Amazon's dirty. It yeah. kind of reminds me of Lake Grapevine. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and so you're just bathing it, and that's your bait. You're doing your dishes in that. And they will pour a little bit of bleach in there to kind of rinse, but yeah. that's wow. just what it is. So nobody got s- sick tummy issues. Oh, they God. just had rashes and some sores. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. it's pretty miraculous what the Lord can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.